and welcome to the season finale of the State of the Nova Nation. I'm Eugene Rappé. He's Chris Dandiel. Chris, this was just, uh, I don't even, I don't even have words. I don't even have words. Villanova lost. <laughs> Sister Jean Loyola Chicago lost. Oral Roberts lost. Creighton lost. Just like America lost. America lost. What? what, what? This was just <laughs> such a, a rough weekend in college hoops and nothing more painful than that Villanova-Baylor game. However, I try to remind myself how we talked about this year. We wouldn't be heard this and that. No, it was it was pretty painful after that Saturday game. I was pretty sad that night. Yeah, dude, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was just going to say, we said a couple weeks ago, if we get to the Sweet 16 and they lose, uh, you know what, so well. There's no way we could possibly be upset at that. But after how this game developed, we're, we're sad. We're pretty sad. I mean, seven-point halftime lead. Everything was looking good. Baylor was shooting really, really poorly, and they still couldn't pull it off. And it's just like, man, <laughs> they were better off just getting blown out. I would have, it would have taken it easier. We had told ourselves, like, look, this is a success no matter what happens this past weekend. Just the fact that they proved the doubters wrong, made it to the Sweet 16 without Colin Gillespie. Shout-outs to him and DCR for flying out to Indy. And being there to watch the game, sorry they had to see that ending, but it was nice for them to be with their teammates at least instead of just watching it unfold from home or on their couch wherever they were staying. It was tough. Villanova had a shot. It felt like that first half was perfect. Everything that you could have asked for in the way that game needed to go from Villanova controlling the tempo, limiting Baylor's high-powered three-point shooting offense and just – Overall, in general, Teague, Masio Teague never really got going. Jared Butler never really got going. Those guys had the clamps on them. Villanova got punched in the gut, but then came back with an even bigger run to take that seven-point lead at half, like you said, Chris. And then it just went downhill in the second half. Baylor imposed their will. Baylor reminded us, she was like, oh, yeah, this is why we're the number one seed and considered one of the top (laughs) teams in the country. That flurry was disorienting we weren't even on the court we weren't even the one ball handling or anything like that but just the way that they had that game-changing run what was it 14 to 2 run five straight Villanova turnovers on five straight possessions half those turnovers look they just had the, the ball ripped out of their hands or Baylor was jumping passing lanes it was just so frustrating and you knew in that moment that unless the Villanova was going to respond big time that was probably game it was at that point. It was the danger zone, Eugene. We always like to bring it up every March. Villanova had entered the danger zone when they returned the ball over left and right. You had the Caleb Daniels back-to-back turnovers, the one where he fell on the floor and just threw it at nobody in particular, but it happened to go right into a Baylor player's arms. They go down, they hit a three. Then the next possession, they turned it over again. Then I believe Baylor scored. And like it was that at that point, you're like, all right, Villanova has to respond. They have to hit a three or they have to get a quick bucket somehow, some way, and then get a stop. And it just one of those things just never happened. And Baylor just kept forcing turnovers and forcing turnovers and forcing turnovers. And that was the end. That was pretty much the story of the game. Like they had what, like over 20 points on off of turnovers. It was like the St. John's game all over again. It, it was it was pretty, pretty sad to watch because they had played such a good first half and Baylor was shooting so bad. And I said last week, the way they're going to beat this team is if Baylor has a bad day. But if Baylor does have a bad day, you're still going to have to have a decent showing. 
And then they, they didn't with the turnovers and with their three point shooting, they didn't hit a single three in the second half and they got out rebounded significantly. Like how many offensive rebounds did they give up? It was just, it just so many things went wrong in such a short time. And it was just before you knew what the game was pretty much out of reach. It was a beautiful first 33 minutes of a game. I was believing. I think everyone, every Villanova fan at home or maybe at the game was believing. Villanova, that first half, it was looking pretty darn good. It was. Putting the clamps on Baylor. And, Chris, we talked about how dangerous this Baylor offense is. Just the way that they lead the country in three-point shooting. They were shooting at a higher clip than that 2018 Villanova team, and we knew how dominant that squad was. And then for Villanova to come in, make it a rock fight, muck it up, hang in there, go toe-to-toe with the number one team without Colin Gillespie, it made you think, wow, if they if they can just keep this up, somehow it'll be awesome. You figured a Baylor run was going to come at some point just because that team is just too talented. However. You were hoping that when that spurt did come, Villanova would be able to withstand it. Unfortunately, they turned up the heat on the defensive end. They fed off of every single turnover, made Villanova pay. Like you said, Chris, 22 points off turnovers. That's going to hurt you no matter who you are. And for Baylor to just kind of feast on that. And once they had that big run, they were just cooking. They kept riding with the momentum. And they were not going to be stopped. This was a team that was did not have any intent on being sent home. And unfortunately, Villanova just couldn't come up with one last run at the end. I, I was hoping. I was praying. There was still time. But like you said, Chris, they went 0 for 9 from deep in the second half. Only shot 9 of 24. It was now or never. And unfortunately, it was never. started to like kind of snowball at the end, too. I Slater got an injury and he was like playing particularly well. He had that dunk in the second oh, half when oh, it was beautiful. <laughs> and I was like, that, that was the moment when I actually started to believe yeah. oh my gosh, <laughs> this might actually happen. And then right after that happened, everything went wrong. But after he, he had the injury and then God, like how many bad attempted rebounds did they have or box outs that they just whiffed on and Baylor just went in and, got an easy couple of buckets underneath because Villanova just couldn't grab the ball. It seemed like uh, a couple of missed open threes. Caleb Daniels had a couple. Justin Moore had a couple. And I, I feel like it, it almost feels like Jermaine Samuels dropped 16 in this game. He went 8 to 8 from the line, and he only took six shots. I feel like he should have been utilized a little bit more, but I, I don't know if that really changes all that much. But still, there was a lot of things that could have gone right, and they all went wrong. And like you said, that run just never came. It was kind of similar to the Baylor game last year where Villanova, I believe, was up at half, or at least it was a close half. Yeah, they were leading and, for a good chunk of it. Yeah, and then Baylor just imposed their will in the second half with their defense, and their offensive game really took off in that game last year in the second half. And that was like the first game that we realized, oh, wow, that whole second half thing for Villanova may not be a thing anymore. And they kind of righted the ship for, for a little bit. But it only it seems against Baylor. It's second half against Baylor, just a complete debacle every single time. Yeah, gotta gotta credit those Bears. It seems like when their backs were against the wall, they stepped it up. This time they stepped it up late once again to beat Nova. Adam Flagler coming off the bench and providing a team high 16 points. 
Davion Mitchell really turned it up in the second half. He had 14 points for the Bears. Other than that, Jared Butler only had nine. Masio Teague only had five. Those guys were pretty much non-factors. They combined for one of 10 from deep, which is exactly what we needed to happen. Teague and Butler combined shot six for 20 overall. Not that great. Not that efficient. They couldn't really find a rhythm. Shout out to Colin Gillespie. I know Jay Wright tasked him with putting together a scouting report for Saturday's game. And honestly, might have been one of Villanova's better defensive jobs. I think this yeah. guy has a future in coaching once his playing <laughs> days are over. But for someone who you know, just put that scouting report together, submitted it at 2 a.m., I-, I liked what I saw. This was for uh, as high-powered of an offense, Baylor – it was going into that game, and I know that there were some no fans like, oh, wow, this team looks kind of overrated. No, that's, that's shout-outs to the defense. That's shout-outs to the defense. Credit to them for limiting mm-hmm. an All-American guard and then another key player to just 14 points combined. Yeah, for sure. It, the defensive effort was pretty good. If I told you on Saturday at 5-14, one minute before the game, that Baylor was going to score 62 points, do you sign up for that? I, I guess think, so. Yeah, I would. I would. How, yeah, how how good this offense is? I would. I 100 percent would. I was pretty. I thought this game was going to be like high 70s, low 80s for Baylor. I mean, scoring and Villanova was just going to have to try and keep up with that somehow. But they only scored 62. It's just a shame that Villanova only scored 51 and had probably one of their poorest, if not their poorest, showing from the outside all in quite some time. And maybe that Providence game, but still. I will say if I signed up for 62 points, but you told me that two out of their big three weren't going to be much of a factor, I wouldn't have believed you, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and and that as a team, they're only going to shoot 15% from beyond the arc. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. It, it was everything offensively for Baylor went wrong, and they still won. I, I, did, I think it just – yeah, I know. I mean, this is gonna sound so cliche, and I hate this crap. But I, I think it does ring true to a little bit for a little bit here. These are the type of games that good teams win the tournament, and then they, you see them like win the championship. Like this, these are the type of games you got to win. Muck it up, dirty games, and it's just nothing's falling for you. You got to pull it out somehow, and that's exactly what they did, and they did it with their defense. Novus had a couple of those. Novus definitely had a couple of those. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the Texas Tech one in 2018 is probably the closest example when things just weren't falling and they won it at the free throw line and with their defense. And you need like some guys to step up, like Flagler for Baylor, like you said, stepped up 16 points off the bench. Guy we didn't even mention in the preview because, of course, <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's the type of games you got to win when your big guys aren't doing much and everything else is kind of falling by the wayside. You need someone off your bench or just someone that usually doesn't step up does and you put out a great defensive effort there you go now you're on to the next round now you got arkansas which is a shame because it should have been oral roberts and that would have been fun to watch a one versus a 15 in the elite eight the fun's gone the fun's gone Mm. all the fun's gone i know i said it last week everyone keeps saying oh this is like the most upset filled tournament and it is by numbers it is but just watch it's going to be gonzaga baylor it's (laughs) It's going to be correct the universe is going to correct itself Yep, that's what these these tournaments usually do. But anyway, at the end of the day, I think if you told me Villanova make the Sweet 16 and give the one seed a, a run for their money, I probably would have taken it. And that's, I would have. That's what I'm it. trying to remind myself. That's that's yeah. what I've been reminding myself ever since that Saturday loss. It helps a little bit, but at the same time, you know, there are also moments where you think, man, if Nova had Colin, oh, 
Oh, Oof. oh Oof. Baylor. Baylor would be, oh, oh it would be over. <laughs> it would be over. Those turnovers are not happening. They're not happening. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. I And we kind of glossed over it, but Villanova really needs a ball handler. I mean, Justin Moore is fine, but they, they needed another one. A, a true point guard and losing Colin. This is the this is the game that we, it was very apparent that Colin was missed. Yeah. Yeah, between his ability to take care of the ball, but also put the ball in the hoop, that would have been nice. That would have been nice. Really would have been. Yeah, on the Villanova side, Jermaine Samuels led the way with 16 points. Justin Moore had 15 points on 7 of 14 shooting. Jeremiah Robinson Earl had 8 points and 12 boards. Quiet game out of Caleb Daniels, who only had 3 points, was 1 for 11 on the floor, and had 4 turnovers, rough day at the office. Chris Archie Diakono made a three, and I thought it was going to be one of those things where it was like, oh, man. <laughs> this, this, <laughs> he's hitting Yeah, he's hitting him. And that was during when Villanova started its uh, – or I shouldn't say started, but it was in the middle of their first half run yeah. to, to go in front. And I was like, oh, if this is this is where Villanova goes up by 25. I could, I could feel it. Fortunately, it didn't happen. didn't work out like that. Brandon Slater, though, Chris, yeah, you mentioned him going down. I didn't even notice what happened. Jay apparently didn't even notice that what happened either. He thinks that he actually got taken into the locker room but came back towards the end of the game. But, yeah, we missed his defensive presence, and especially after he had that posterizer or that highlight dunk. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. Makes me excited for what he'll look like next year now that he's got, you know, the, the offensive mojo or he's got that belief in himself on that end of the court. That is true. We got to start looking forward to next year as much as it sucks, but I, I am very excited for what he brings to the table. I think this year he broke out a little bit out of his shell offensively and was a little more aggressive and he was hitting some outside shots that we were, uh, if you asked us before the year, if we would be comfortable with Brandon Slater shooting threes, we would have all said no. And uh, we were completely wrong. I'm very happy to be wrong on that. And he, he looks good. He looks very good. And hopefully with a more, focused role and probably more focused part of the offense next year you would think with everyone we'll see how it shakes out but you would think he'd probably be more involved and we could probably see his like full offensive talents exploited and that'd be that'd be cool yeah it certainly would be we know that he'll definitely have a major part of next year's plans regardless of who comes back or who's coming in i think that that's going to sort itself over these next few months right now jermaine samuels after the game said he doesn't really plan on making the decision yet, I mean, I can't blame him. I was surprised that the question was asked, to be honest. It's like when you ask yeah. someone, oh, are you going to go to the draft? I know you just lost this game, but uh, are you going to go to the draft? Like, oh, come on. I could have I told you the answer. I could have told you the answer to that one. <laughs> I mean, really, yeah. And and also, like, historically speaking, I don't think anyone – has there ever been anyone who declared right then and there, like, what their plan was? I don't think that's ever happened. Right, no. No, never. I, Yeah, I, can, I can't think of one for sure. Yeah, not off the top of my head. But he did have these words on his thoughts on his four years at Villanova. And I got to say, if this is the end of the road or if it's not, because seniors do have that extra year of eligibility, I really liked what Jermaine Samuels said. Let's let's take a listen. That I came in knowing, what I knew, knowing that I knew basketball and, and everything about it, and I realized I didn't right away. And Coach Wright was patient with me every step of the way. I had guys that were older than me that showed me the way, kept in contact, kept encouraging me. My teammates gave me confidence. And, you know, it wasn't it wasn't easy at all. It wasn't a smooth ride. Um, I could have, you know, gave up plenty of times. But, you know, the resiliency and, and this culture alone 
uh, kept me going. The guys in this locker room kept me going. And um, there's so much I could say, honestly, but I'm just grateful to have this jersey on my back. Shout-outs to Jermaine Samuels. I mean, it's been quite a journey for him. We know when he first came in as a freshman, came in a little wide-eyed, wasn't exactly too ready, but he was a part of that 2018 National Championship team. After that big game, Jermaine was born the following year against Marquette. And then ever since then, he's just gotten better with each passing year. Chris, I don't know if it's the end, but I, I will say it didn't really hit me until later, but when you think about it, and it's like if Colin Gillespie and Jermaine Samuels and Demir Cosby-Rountry and also shout-outs Kevin Hohn, the other senior walk-on, they really aren't coming back. This is going to be like a new generation of cats. That's the last link to the 2018 National Championship team. Feels just like yesterday. Yeah, isn't that wild? It, it seems like yesterday I was making outrageous claims like Jermaine Samuels should redshirt his freshman year. So, yeah, hey, hey, there were even more outrageous claims. The the, the tech quote unquote detectives who thought he was going to transfer, which I, I still don't think that that was. <laughs> I think that was people just forcing narratives like, oh, this guy's not performing. Oh, he's going to transfer. He's going to transfer. <laughs> well, thankfully, I'm I'm happy he did. I'm glad he stayed, and we got a lot of big game Jermaine performances out of it. But yeah, man, he he was great, and. He was still a fun player to watch, and he always showed up for the big game. So uh, I'm going to miss him if he does leave. Yeah, Chris, when you look at this team next year, I wonder what the identity is going to be like. Just let's assume that Colin Gillespie, Jeremiah Robinson is leaving even just because Jay is even hinted or suggested that he thinks that he'll be gone. And then you got Demir Cosby Roundtree, whether or not he comes back. Maybe he does, you know, gets to really go out put a proper ending to his basketball career rather than sitting on the sidelines from surgery. Hopefully he'll be healthy by then. I would assume he would, but then you also have Jermaine Samuels. I don't know what he's going to do, but if this is really the end for all those seniors plus JRE, this could be a pretty interesting team next year with Justin Moore leading the way. Caleb Daniels, maybe Slater Swider. It's like, I really don't know what the team's going to look like. And we got that promising incoming class coming in too. And, who knows which one of them will be able to contribute right away and which other ones will kind of have to develop on the side. Yeah, this has got to be, at least next year, If, like you said, if all those things happen, if Samuels leaves, Jerry leaves, Colin leaves, and DCR leaves, although I think he'll probably stay, when was the last time they've had a team with, like, so much turnover and not – I mean, like, I, I mean, it's obviously more Slater, Slider, and Daniels, but I don't know. I feel like it's – it, it just feels like a lot more turnover than usual. Yeah. Yeah. We might have to look at the exact numbers on this, but just mm-hmm. assuming if all those guys leave, we might be looking at 2018. After the 2018 team, there were four guys who went to the NBA. But if you have. But you still have like three Pascal seniors, and, and Booth. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, those three seniors and then plus JRE gone, that, that's probably just as big of a, a turnover like that. But. They did have two guys that ended up being pretty darn good players. So I don't know. I don't know. Right. Yeah, that's that's the thing. It's, it's like Moore is like the only sure thing. Yeah, like he's the only back. one that is probably as experienced as them just because he's played two full seasons as a starter pretty much. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, Slider, Slider and Slater really haven't done much in a starting role yet. I mean, Slider with the spot start every so often, and I think Slater started maybe one or two games for the end of the year. But now they're going to have to be forced into that role, and we'll we'll see. But it, at least, you know, they got the big freshman class coming in, and if 
Kiel's makes his announcement. April um, four. April four. Chris Jenkins Day. So hopefully he chooses uh, chooses Nova, and I mean you can't help but not be excited about about the team next year. It might be it might be a rotten a rough one because of all the freshmen coming in and how it's going to look and rotate and whatnot and how much you know scoring you're losing and how much experience you're losing but at the same time it's pretty good future ahead yeah exactly you there's a party that really wants to see how the young guys develop or what they'll be able to bring to the table right away like trey patterson's just been chilling there this whole semester and then he'll get the whole off season he's probably the highest touted of this amazing class that's coming in highly rated class coming in so I'd love to see what he can do right away because we're going to be in the running for new big man. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I know, right? Oof. It's like if DCR comes back, then there's your answer. But if not, then, yeah, we're going to be looking for a big man. Although it's not exactly like a true five. I'm guessing that would be more of like Nana and Joku. That's where he comes in. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you know, he's, he's a forward. Big boy. He's pretty lengthy. Yeah, he's probably going to have to fill the Samuels role in that respect. So, We'll see. Yeah, at, at least it's Eric exciting. Dixon. So. Oh, yeah, Eric Dixon, too. Yeah, he, a little bit of a rough game against Baylor, but hopefully he's able to kind of put it together in another offseason. Lots of defensive slides for that man. Yeah. I feel like everything else in his game is, like, great. He's, like, athletic, big man, bruiser. He can even stretch the floor a little bit, but if he just gets some lateral quickness, oh, be great. <laughs> right. And, and, look, we've seen in, in the past with, with Villanova the big men – take a little bit longer to develop and he's already had the red shirt year and he made significant strides according to everybody who's been around him. And he looked fine this year. He wasn't, you know, fantastic, but he looked, he was pretty good. And there's a lot of things to be excited about. And, you know, it, it maybe another off season, get into his sophomore year, redshirt sophomore year. And like, that's kind of when the big guys start to take the jump. Remember chef, like he's the poster child for like big man development of how he came along. So hopefully Dixon kind of follows that path and will be taking a big jump, like kind of like Chef did in between those two years. Yeah, and, and I know that this is a, a crazy transfer market right now, and it seems like everyone and their cousin, brother, mother, father is entering the transfer portal. Hope that none of these guys feel you know tempted by that. I know that the, the Antoine transfers were, were heating up a little bit, but he's been playing a, a pretty solid Please. amount. But I hope Please. he doesn't do it. I hope he doesn't do it. I hope he doesn't either. I mean, you see what's going on with JQ, and you just don't <laughs> want to see an, another talented point guard leave, and especially when the team needs point guards. So I, I hope he stays. Yakino, let's get it, baby. Look, he. I, I will say this about him. he. He plays. I'm. I, I'm excited to see him off the bench next year. I mean, I if they have to start him because of whatever. If they might have to start him like maybe the first thing because of all the freshmen and whatnot. Like, fine, I don't really care. But like he showed, he's a competent player. He's not like just some I, I would throwaway totally player at the end that. of the bench. So yeah. I'm pretty happy about you know at the end of the day, did losing Colin suck? Yes, but at least it gave Arch, Chris Archiak, you know, a you know, a chance to showcase his talents, and it's it shows that he's not just an end of the bench rota- like guy you throw yeah. in when you're up thirty. Like he yeah, can he's play not legit a glorified minutes. human mascot. This guy right. can definitely <laughs> ball. He can play. He legit minutes. So that's just an extra guy to add to for depth next year, and that's. That's fun. That's good. That's the stuff you you want. Yeah, for someone who is completely thrown into the wolves, and by the wolves, I mean on the road at Providence, you're down by double figures. Your starting point guard who's been in front of you just got hurt 
couple days earlier and your coach just sends you in. It's like, yeah, have fun. <laughs> That's oh, and, and then Justin Moore had the ankle sprain too. How could I forget? But for someone right. who got thrown into that, this guy has been pretty fearless the whole time. I will say, no matter what, you can share anything you want about his game, but like, yeah, Chris, I'm, I'm with you on that. His competency and his fearlessness, you, you just got to respect that. I, I do. I really do. I know, I know there have been jokes and, and memes thrown around, but can't hate on it. I mean, the guy, yeah, the guy's like, you know, it's not like he's getting destroyed out there. No, he wasn't. He held his own. He held his own. I wasn't, he wasn't taking over games, but we didn't expect him to. So I was perfectly happy with his performance over the past month or so. Next year should be really interesting. Kind of looking forward to it just out of like a curiosity standpoint. I, I know every year it's kind of like, where we speculate what starting five are going to look like. What's the rotation going to look like? Are we going seven deep, eight deep, 10 deep? It, it never happens, but we would like to see 10 deep one day. Man can only hope. However, just right now, this season, considering everything that's happened, it was tough that Nova lost in the Sweet 16. I'm glad they made it there. I'm also glad that we had a chance to take in an NCAA tournament after the way last year ended. Uh, Chris, I don't even remember what our last year's shooting finale was like, but that must have just been like, oh, uh, I guess this is it. <laughs> yeah, that was the ended. most awkward uh, awkward last episode of the season ever. Good, good thing we have everybody back because I, I wouldn't even know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. And also, it was a little scary at the end there too because obviously with the pandemic going on, I just didn't know. A lot of uncertainty going on. Yeah, it's it's just wow, you know. It's like I, I'm <laughs> glad that we made it here, and yeah. we did have VCU. That that was one drawback, but for the most part, the tournament went on close to normal. Yeah, for for the most part, yeah. A lot of like we said, a lot of upsets. It was it's been fun for sure, and hopefully they can get through it like this the rest of this weekend or the rest of next weekend, the final four and whatnot. So, and I know normally after every season, we kind of do like a senior salute. There's a part of me that like, you know, we do it, but then at the same time, this is also on certain circumstances where we don't know who's actually going to come back, you know? Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a little tough to call. Like I don't want to like send off Jermaine and he's like, Oh yeah, guys, I'm back. Sorry. Yeah. I'm not, yeah, we're not, we're not about <laughs> to pour our hearts and guts on the mic. And then he's like, yeah, I'm back, guys. But I love what you said. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I mean, look, and now it's like pretty much everyone is kind of up in the air. Like, Colin, we still don't know with his injury. DCR, still don't know with his injury. I, I would say probably the guy most likely to leave isn't even a senior, and it's Jeremiah Robinson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, right? And it seemed like all throughout the week during the midweek press conferences that Jay was hinting at him going. So I don't know. For so far, yeah, the the one who does seem like a sure bet isn't even a senior. Go figure. Yeah. Not not usually. That's not usually a, a Villanova thing either that you're you're used to as a fan. It's only recently with the younger guys kind of leaving early. Yeah, it's only recently ever since uh, Villanova became a NBA pro factory. Circa 2018. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay. Jay Wright flipping those narratives, love it. I'm, I'm love here it. for. I'm all. I'm all here for it. Now, granted, I don't think Villanova will ever become a mercenary one in Dunn School as long as Jay's here. But I think right. this is like a nice steady balance, you know. It is. Yeah, I. I don't. 
I don't Villanova ever became that one and done mercenary school. I don't know if I really like that, but it would be exciting every year because it would just be a complete crapshoot <laughs> as to how the team would be. I, I guess maybe not so much. Yeah, I guess exciting would be the word there, but you, you like seeing guys come through the program, develop, and I mean, could go through the laundry list of people since we entered school. So there's there's something to be said, but it's also fun to get like the one and dones every so often. Yeah. Only at Kentucky, though. That's where they hang banners for NBA products and not so much for championships. Do they really do that? I, no I don't idea. know. I just pulled oh, that, oh. pull that one out. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if John Calipari is more proud of the fact that he makes NBA talent than his one national championship. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't think you're wrong, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it. I guess it really just does come down to what your your image wants to be. Like, I, I'm sure Calipari is fully invested in the Pro Factory, but then you have guys mm-hmm. like Coach K who are quote unquote trying to hang on to the integrity. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I mean, we've discussed this before, but Calipari at least is upfront about it. Coach K has always kind of been like, you know, like you said, like, oh, I'm here for the team and integrity and all. And <laughs> it's literally, we'll do because I don't know if they've had one guy stay more than two years outside of Grayson Allen. Yeah. They started selling <laughs> out over the last like seven years, six, seven years. Yeah. I think was- Ryan Kelly was like the last four year stay there the whole time guy I could think of. Oh, and Grayson Allen. Well, was you? Yeah. Did he say all four? Or did you leave out I, a junior? Well, that's a good point. I th- I'm pretty sure he was four, though. I'm pretty yeah. sure he was four. But still, it's few and far between. Craziness, 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 craziness. It really is. I will say though, you know how I did know that there was progress because even after that Villanova loss on Saturday, I still watched the games on Sunday. I didn't watch for the rest of the night, yeah. but I, I still watched the games on Sunday. Yeah, I, I will admit I I missed the that Oral Roberts game, which uh, turned out to be great. But oh, I yeah. I watched Creighton Gonzaga, I watched FSU Michigan, Bama UCLA. So we're it's 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 progress, like you said. <laughs> it's better than than 2017, where it was like, oh yeah, remember that uh, shot Florida hit against Wisconsin? Oh, no, I don't actually. I, I had no idea that existed until 2019, to be honest with you. Or or 2015. Oh, Duke won the national championship? Oh, I guess that's nice. Yeah. Oh, Wisconsin beat undefeated Kentucky in the Final Four. Oh, used to be. Well, wouldn't have known about that. <laughs> Notre Dame also upset the perfect Wildcats. Oh, wouldn't have known. Perfectly fine. But I guess I, could, I think it's just the fact, Eugene, that we it's been such a long year. It's been a long time since the NCAA tournament was being played. And now that it's here, I think we're just trying to enjoy every last minute of it because we know it can just be ripped away from you at any moment in time. Yeah. I was going to say, I feel like that this year and the NCAA tournament, we talked about how much we miss certain things. Like I forgot how great their capital one commercials were with Spike Lee, Samuel L. Jackson, Charles Barkley, the squad. And then just being able to fill out a bracket again or watching this election Sunday show after a year of not having it, like this year definitely hit different. It hit different in a good way. Yeah, it certainly did. Certainly did. And then hopefully next year, hopefully everything's starting to open back up again. Everyone's vaccinated. We can get yeah, some fans in back the in the stands. stands. Yeah. You can get the <laughs> Ivy League back into the tournament, get some Harvard <laughs> upsets. Like, I'm all for it. It's, it's going to be fun. So, hopefully, there is a light at the end of this tunnel here. Get the big five back. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can we can we get Drexel in the Big Five? Can yeah, I was gonna say, does Drexel winning the CAA championship for the first time in twenty five years? That kind of you know, do we expand to City Six? Do, do they supplant someone? Like, uh, how does it work? <laughs> I I would. We gotta get him. Gotta get him in. Have to. Or at least like a one year invitation. Just like like this year would have been good. Like to replace Penn. Like obviously like the. Big five didn't really happen this year, but if it did, like they could have replaced Ben because the Ivy League wasn't playing. I mean, that would have been a nice replacement. Next year, they should just get there. Should be whoever finishes last in the Big Five should play to like retain their spot. And then each year, the last place Big Five team has to play the team that's sitting out, see who gets relegated or who stays <laughs> on or who, who gets to join the Big Five. Oh god, soccer style, just rele- promotion and relegation. <laughs> yeah, just a, a one game playoff between the last place Big Five team and and Drexel or whoever is the sixth man out. <laughs> <laughs> that would that would be awesome. I would I would I would actually winner would takes all, out. all for membership. <laughs> Don't want to be in the doghouse, right? All things considered, though, I, I got to say this was a fun year. It was a little disappointing with Gillespie's injury in the end, and how it hindered this team ceiling, but you know, it's got to focus on the positive Villanova making it to the sweet 16 and given all the circumstances, all the haters, all the doubt, and even us, man, they proved us wrong. And mm-hmm. it was just a fun year given all the circumstances. I know Chris, I, I miss going to the games and all, but it was nice to watch the games every other day or every week. And it was good to have college basketball back. I'm looking forward to the end of the tournament. It's looking like it should be a good one. But for the most part, I would say that there was so much uncertainty in the beginning. But I would say that this season was probably a success. Uh, yeah, I think it's in a general, success. you know, yeah, Villanova in, in and, yeah. and for college basketball. Although yeah. I know the NCAA has some shenanigans to, to sort out because uh, they they've well. really been dropping the ball on on a few things between women's basketball inequality and then this uh, stuff with the players not giving them name, image, and likeness. <laughs> Yeah, the NCAA dropping the ball and on issues, shocker. What wouldn't be wouldn't be a college basketball season without the NCAA dropping the ball? Being completely idiotic. But yeah, I, I think if you had told us before the season if Villanova would just meet the Sweet Sixteen, probably would have been a little bit disappointed by it. But then you know you go through the year, you got the team got ravished by COVID twice on two on two separate occasions. Like I'm just, I'm just glad that everyone seems to be okay. They, they all seem to be healthy that nothing no long-term repercussions and whatnot so that's a success i think that's probably the biggest success of the year but then as a team getting to the sweet 16 with all the injuries a lot of adversity going on and they they still fought through they won the big east title <laughs> the regular season title and and made the sweet 16 so yeah i as felt from the villanova side it's great from ncaa college basketball side as a whole I'm pretty happy with it in the sense that everything kind of got through <laughs> whether well, it was going to happen, whether we liked it or not, they got through it though. And I mean, a lot of teams got ravaged by COVID, but everyone seems to be all right. So that's a success, I guess. I'm glad we were able to see Nova in the NCAA tournament, but Chris got to say, what is this year five of the pod now year six? I don't even know anymore. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm glad that we were able to also make it through a season unscathed. Uh, not gonna wood. Yeah, let's. Yeah. Uh, we'll be, 
I'm very happy that we got through another year. This is year five. As you know, that I say that, I think it is 16, 17, 17, 18, 18, 19, 19, 20. 2021 so five this is the fifth year oh your fifth nope. year of the audio format six year right overall. sixth year overall yeah. wow and when you Get put that in perspective it's been a while we've been yeah. doing this for a little, a little bit longer than we probably would have thought and like you said eugene you mentioned it earlier the last link to the 18 team i remember when we were doing it and the last link to the 16 team had graduated and we're like wow that's it's been a while but now the last team last link to the 18 team probably gonna graduate that's that's even crazier. So it, it's been a it's been a hot minute since this has been going on. We uh, thank everybody for sticking with us and listening when you can and interacting with us and whatnot. It's been fun. Five years longer than we originally thought. Mm-hmm. Also been ranked a lot longer than we would have ever thought. But to just be ever here to just be here. I think we're like 190 episodes in. Wow, been a while, been a while, but it's been a fun ride, and I'm glad that we were able to have another one this season. For sure. I was so happy to do this again. Happy that we got through it, both unscathed and Villanova had a full season, relatively unscathed and made a nice little tournament run to kind of get us excited again. Yeah, shout outs to everyone who listens, part of the pod throughout this season. I know it definitely was a rough one outside of basketball, so for anyone who took some time out of their day to listen to our episodes on Tuesdays and Thursdays. We really appreciate it. And we're very thankful. Hopefully you enjoyed it just as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you, Chris, I guess we're shining off one last time for this year, but if you haven't already, please subscribe to the state of innovation at for you hoops. We might may or may not have some summertime specials. We don't know yet. We have no idea what's going on. We still don't know what's going on, but <laughs> please follow View Hoops or State of the Nova Nation on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Megaphone, Podbean. You got many, many options. Check back, check off, and at viewhoops.com. I can't say this, even though State of the Nova Nation will be going on hiatus or will be at the end of the season, viewhoops.com will still be turning out content, still be turning out articles. We're going to be doing our postseason kind of i don't even know what you call it. it's like a recap series but it'll be going on for probably close to a month once the ncaa tournament is over so check back and check on that each and every day please follow view hoops on social media you could do so at view hoops that's good for twitter and instagram like our page on facebook and you can follow me eugene repay at erepay5 and i'm chris stanzio got nothing to promote Stay safe, everybody, and thank you for listening throughout the year. Nova Nation, shout out to you once again. We made it to the end of the season. Sad it was over, but happy that it happened. And I, I got to say thank you again for your support and for listening. Catch you back next season, and stay safe and have a good one.